Hello, all you gore fiends and horror hounds. This is Brett from Dimension Z. Joined as I always am by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Doing good, because life is like a musical. Also joined by Intern Corey. Hello, Intern Corey. Books! Books. I love to <laughs> improve myself. How does his mouth do that? <laughs> Dude, so... We're doing. We haven't done an Elvira movie. We've done movies she's covered since Mistress of the Dark, like a movie. Oh, we did Monsters last year. She was in that. So, but anyway, it's about time we're back here. It's October. Of course, we're going to cover an Elvira movie. And there's been argument in the group of which of us chose this movie. I have no idea which of us actually picked this movie, but I know it's been on the list for October for a while. I say it was I, one of you. It was one of you two. I just say it's Greg because he's the big Elvira person. That's fair. It might have been. As I look over at my life-size cardboard cutout. You leave that cardboard cutout alone, Brett. It's tired. <laughs> Lips are gone. I don't know what happened. All right. So we're doing Elvira's Haunted Hills from 2001. Um, this was her follow-up kind of to Mistress of the Dark, like movie-wise starring role. Feels late for an Elvira movie, I'm not going to lie, 2001, doesn't it? A, a little, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It feels kind of, I like the movie, but it feels random and kind of unnecessary. Of If it happened just a couple years after Mistress of the Dark, you'd be like, oh, okay, I understand. But what, that was 88, and this is 2001. Yeah. Like, how huge she was in the 90s, how many like Coors Light deals and everything she got. You think it would have been in the 90s? Is this like suffer from it took forever to actually finally get made? A little bit, I think, yeah. I know they actually filmed like in Romania or somewhere like that because a year or two ago they were running like an anniversary contest for it where you could go have dinner at this dinner hall with Elvira and the director and everything. I did not win. Don't feel bad, neither did I. Was it at the fake castle that looks horrible? Well, parts of it were shot in a real castle, but yes. No, the outside of the castle, I know we'll get there, it looks so bad. Oh yeah, I, I think on purpose, though. I, yes. I really think, because from reading her book, this was almost her love letter to the old Vincent Price movies, especially the Corman era Vincent Price movies. Oh, it definitely feels like a parody of like those Vincent Price movies and the like Hammer movies of everyone's super stuffy and they can only eat the finest of porridge. <laughs> I definitely got some Hammer vibes in this, which is why as big of an Elvira fan as I am, I do struggle through this one at points. I, I enjoy Mistress of the Dark a whole lot more. I watch it more, but this one is good. This one feels like middle school and elementary school Brett would have loved it. And it would have almost been like an earnest, scared, stupid type thing of like, now it's like nostalgia. Like, I didn't watch this until I was like in my 20s, I think. So I don't have that. Like, there's a few little too campy, wacky parts and boink sound effects for me to like fully engross into it. But I like it. It's fun. I also want to point out the character of Zuzu. They are just cruel to this poor woman. Man, Zuzu deserved better. Yeah, man, like, it would suck to be a fat actress in the 2000s. Let me oh. tell you. Uh, I lost out on Shallow How. 
<laughs> I lost that on Shallow House, and now I'm doing the Elvira movie that's going yeah. straight to video. And also apparently ended her marriage. Oh. All right, so let's get into this thing. You have some credits for me? Uh, director Sam Irvin um, was written by John Paragon and also Cassandra Peterson. Unrelated, <laughs> so it's not weird. Yeah, why, who would she be related to? Brett's oh, real you. last name is Peterson, yes. Yeah, not it's... the... Wait, he... you guys oh, have been no. lying to me for two years? Because Greg put our real names on the podcast. That's before either of us had fancy names. I've just never changed it yet. <laughs> <laughs> He's working on it. Dude, but, um, I can't say what it is, but we got a screener and it said Brett Peterson on it when I'm watching it. And I was laughing to myself. I'm like, I can upload this brand new unreleased movie to YouTube right now and Brett will get sued. <laughs> I, I like it when it said throbbing with horror. We've gotten ones that say that. Why does it have my name? Why doesn't it just say Z? <laughs> All right. So let's get into this thing. You get a title card and some opening sequences. And. Elvira's having this nightmare where she's being sealed inside of a brick wall, like very, like you said, Vincent Price movies esque and everything like that. And then wakes up in this inn in what century is this? Eighteen fifty one. That's right. And Zuzu, her like servant, is waking her up. Like the innkeeper, he wants his money. And she goes, "Oh, what's he gonna do? Kick us out? He's not gonna murder us." And then he. Axes the door, and I did act. This was hilarious. I don't know why this one line made me laugh harder than anything else in the movie. Where this old, like, European man pokes his head through the door and does a Here's Johan! I'm just like, Oh, Jesus Christ. Also, how much money do they owe you for this one night that you're destroying your own door? <laughs> Ask me like three shillings this time yeah. period. But then. They escape out the window. We get our time card of Carpathia, 1851. Oh, and we got Zuzu, because like we said, she's the big comic relief one. She sees the big sausage, and she takes the big sausage. Not gonna lie, I also wanted the big sausage. I mean, it looked delicious. Oh, it looked like an awesome summer sausage. Give me some crackers and some cheese. I'm good for the night. It was a blood sausage. Legit question, is Carpathia a real place? Yes. Okay, I just know Vigo. That's the only thing I know that's ever come out of Carpathia. It's Vigo! <laughs> I was unaware of this actually being a real place. I thought it was like Kondarian and Evil Dead and everything. I was unaware <laughs> there was an actual location. No, no, real place. If Brett from Dimension Z one day unfortunately spawns a hell spawn, I'm having that portrait of Vigo above them. <laughs> <laughs> but they a carriage stops and they're picked up by Dr. Bradley Bradley and gives her and her servant a ride. Zuzu sits in the front with the carriage driver and she sits in the carriage with him and he knows who she is from her playbill and there's like a flyer that was posted around town for her act Yes I Can Can. All of these actors, a lot of the actors that are in this movie except for two standouts they seem like they know what they're doing and whatnot. They're like pretty decent actors, but you look at their credits and they don't have a whole lot. I'm wondering if these were like mostly stage people. Cause that's where she came from. 
I think a lot of them probably came from um, improv because that's how her and Paul Rubens, Rubens, what's the group called? The Groundlings, I think that's yeah. where from. So I'm guessing it's probably a lot of like improv people and stuff like that. Now that's just me guessing. I don't know. From, from her book, I know Zuzu was one of her improv buddies, and so was uh, Ima. They were all groundlings together. That makes sense. And John oh, Paragon okay. John Paragon was also in the groundlings with the one that wrote it with Cassandra Peterson. And then we cut to lots of like bumpy road hijinks, is I guess what you can call it. <laughs> Elvira's got big boobs, but then there's a bump and it flies into the guy's face. And I love it makes like the suction cup noise. <laughs> like he's I'm, in there. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to the next bump. <laughs> so, jumping ahead, Riff Raff from Rocky Horror is in this movie, but why does Dr. Bradley Bradley talk more like Riff Raff than Riff Raff does? I don't know. I noticed that. There's a few times he's, like, delivering the lines. It's almost like he couldn't help himself. But they arrive at the castle, and they're greeted by Lady Ima Hilzebus, and they open the door, she sees Elvira, and she screams like she saw a ghost. I wonder if that comes back later. No shoes are permitted to be worn because Lord Vladimir Helsebus has a hearing condition where he is dreadfully sensitive to sounds, smells, too bright of lights, everything. He's like the bubble boy. Oh no, okay, we better be super quiet. Is that a gong? Whoa! <laughs> yeah, in a house where a man needs to be have it super quiet all the time, why do you have gongs and clangy armor everywhere? And may I suggest carpeting? Yeah. Removing the suits of armor and the gong that was there only for comic effect. They meet Lord Helzebus. Played by, I don't know his real name, I'm sure one of you two do. Richard O'Brien. Thank you. Yes, Riff Raff from Rocky Horror. Um, hello. Hello. It's a big of a mind sweep. A You're great nine and a half star ship. movie. Ten. Ten. Ten movie. Ten. 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 But he sees her, he's like, no, this cannot be, and runs away. And then there's a straight-up earthquake that they call the castle setting in for the evening. Which, I mean, it's... And I, I love the cheap, just-move-the-camera-around effect and add the rumbly sound effect. I actually love it. <laughs> I do, too. There's a few times that, like, that kind of cheap effect really works, and I enjoy it. There's a few times they do it, and it's like, oh, that looks really, really bad. But, no, this is pretty fun. I also love, like... Oh, okay, so the castle just rumbles every single day. That's not going to lead anywhere good. There's already a giant crack going up the wall. Eventually, it's just going to fall over. Which, they, because Elvira's, like, walking up the stairs, and she almost, like, trips on it. And then they're like, oh, it looks like there's been some structural um, integrity that's been lost or whatever. It's like, yeah, but then we see flashbacks from, like, ten years ago. And that same cracks there. So it's it's been there. It's not new. Because they didn't have the money to build two sets. I'm convinced <laughs> everybody who has a house has a random crack in a wall somewhere. That Occasionally you look at it, you're like, is this getting bigger? I don't know. Let's just pretend it's not there. Yeah, I'll put a poster over that crack and then you can't see it anymore. Yes. 
Dr. Bradley Bradley tells her that the castle is cursed and all the who inhabit it. And he walks her up to the room where she'll be staying for the evening and past all these portraits. And it's amazing. There's so much of like, oh my God, it's the cliche of like, you look just like the person in the picture. Like, that's like Fright Night did that. That's way before Fright Night. That's like those like we'd already talked about like the hammer movies, the Vincent price movies do that a lot, but it's that it's like the old creepy, like haunted castle. Everyone here has a curse. It's just so cheesy, but great. But what I want to point out here is Elvira's only had two feature length movies, this and mistress of the dark. This was a plot point in mistress of the dark. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, true. So I, I, I do gotta ding it a little bit for that. It's literally the same plot point. The only thing, honestly, saving this movie, if you plucked Elvira out of this movie and stuck in random other, even funny goth girl in there, it would not work at all. There's so many times I'm like, thank God Elvira's in this movie because she's yeah. saving this. But the reason I say it's so amazing when they're walking up past all these paintings is because they have the Lord Elsebus' faces on all of, like, his descendants. Even, like, the baby with his full adult face on it. The baby, the wife, like, the mother has his... And it's just like, it's like they cut a picture out of a magazine and put it over the painting with tape. It looks that bad, but it's funny. Again, I think... I really feel like a lot of the really bad in this movie is intentional. I think some is, for sure. Uh, the things that like I talk about, like the reusing of the plot point and stuff, I don't think is. And that's no. like kind of where I ding it a little more. The on-purpose like cheesiness, I forgive and even am amused by a lot of it. Yeah, I wish but- that they would have done something like completely different. Because, like you said, yeah. like the first one's all about the house. This one's like all about a castle. Do a road trip movie or something. Those are fun. Do the movie that the internet keeps talking about, where Dolly Parton and Elvira have to begrudgingly team up to save a small town. The only problem is I can't picture either of them being begr- doing this begrudgingly. They both seem like they would have a great time. No, they've actually like they would have to act begrudged, begrudgedly. I don't know what words are anymore because they've both said they like the idea. They're just waiting for someone to write it. Well, didn't Elvira retire the character now? Like the third or fourth time. Yes. Yeah. But at this point, like I think she'd bring it back for Dolly Parton. Cause if you don't do something because Dolly Parton asked you nicely to do it, you're a bad person. Hey, I would be there watching it for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Maybe their kiss. But they're going to be staying in Vladimir's first wife, Alora's room. And this is where the painting looks just like Elvira. This is why everyone's been screaming and freaking out in this ear. And Vladimir's niece, Roxana, walks in and passes out upon seeing her. And I like Elvira looks out and Lady Helzebus is spying. He's like, hi, Ema. Thanks for spying on us. Closes the door. Oh, it's 100% that thing of like, remember the one time, Greg, you came over to my house and I just randomly started waving at a house. You're like, what are you doing? I'm like, neighbors spying on me. You see like the curtains do that tiny little thing. I've begun waving at them at this point when I come over and you're not outside yet and I'm walking in. (laughs) This is the bubble bath scene where, dude, 
the thing is, this is what it was really like. This is why I would hate to live back then, even like as a royal. You want more hot water? You don't just turn the knob more hot. You have to send your servant down the stairs with buckets to bring you more warm water. So by the time it gets back to you, it's lukewarm at best. Now it's dumped into your bath, and now it's cold. More hot water. Yes, exactly. No, no, don't pillage my booty. I do love the little thing of, like, bubbles. So she has to blow into a tube and, like, do a little propeller thing to make it a jacuzzi. Again, historically accurate. The window opens and the candles go out. And she's going to get up to investigate. And a little fourth wall breaking, <laughs> she yells at the cameraman, What are you trying to do, kill our rating? And it moves when she stands up and puts a robe on. I love that because it's a PG-13 movie. And she almost stands up. She's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, fourth wall thing could be funny sometimes. If done well, that one was good. And in the yeah. right type of movie. An Elvira movie is definitely the right place for it. Yeah. And don't they know if you want to kill a rating, you just pick Sharktopus? Yes. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I can make fun of myself. She puts on Allura's ring, and Zuzu scares her, and they see someone's trying to get in the door. It's Roxana comes back to apologize for fainting earlier. But she, like hacks up a piece of, what she say, her lung, and it's, I don't know why this grosses me out more than a lot of body horror, it's like just phlegmy flesh coming out of her mouth and landing on Elvira when she coughs. Oh yeah, because it's like a little like corner chunk of like just, it's like when you go to like the salad bar and you get the chunk of ham, it's like the little cube, and that's what it looks like, and she's just like, oh, um, I think this is yours. You mean the, the, the pinks, the, the partially chewed pink starburst that she coughs up yeah. yes this is where she's like please get me out of here like i well she's just saying about how she's cursed and she's like the whole family's cursed she's gonna die at any moment she's so sickly and ill because of the castle and elvira's like why don't you just leave she's like where would i go anywhere else you could just leave go to an inn you're extremely rich take some money with you but Uncle Vladimir says she can't leave. And Uncle oh, Vladimir my. also says, Oh my, whatever shall I do? You can just leave. Why didn't I think of that? Can I come with you? And she's like, no, no, no. And then finally she's like almost dying once again. And Elvira's like, oh fuck, I guess. <laughs> that They're going to go with to Paris with them in the morning when they leave. That night, Zuzu's scared of noises. She wakes up Elvira, who goes to investigate. And I like, she's like, secret door, secret door, when she's down there. There's always a secret door. And she finds it, opens it into this little secret hallway, where she treks down there. Because there is always a secret door. I like when Zuzu comes in, she goes, I heard a noise, and Elvira's like, it's just the banging and clanging of torture instruments in the basement. <laughs> like, it's but some kind of normal thing. Yeah, but then Elvira's just like, okay, I guess I'll put on something skimpy and go see what's going on. But why are you going to go see what the torture noises are? Why? What are you going to do? Hey, guys, could you keep down the torture a little bit, please? Honestly, probably, yes. That's why she wore the skimpy thing. Yeah. So, you know, maybe she'd get better results that way. Yeah. But behind the secret door, there's another secret locked door which she cannot get through, and she sees a hooded figure come out, lock the door, and go back out. I love the comical signs all over it of, like, keep out. Like, no girls, basically. Like, <laughs> She leaves the little hidden area and meets 
the most badly dubbed stable master, Adrian. This dude, I love it because it reminds me of when we're watching older movies, especially when we do our older Italian movies and stuff like that. The terrible dubbing done over the actors. It just reminds me of that. This guy, it, it's done on purpose, like where his mouth is saying something completely different. And they have the most crisp and clear and boring voice dubbed over him. It's so good. It's just like Fabio would like knock off for sure of it's just like big strapping man with like huge ripply muscle chest and the big long hair. He's just there for books. I love to read. But she's talking to him. She's all into him, obviously. And her gown catches on fire. And she's like, oh, I was staying too close. She goes, no, it is this cursed castle. And then Lady Ema comes in. Adrian hides. And... That's all. Elvira's just pretending she's doing some late night reading. Like, oh, how dare the stable boy leave the stable to come read? If he learns, he may want to leave. We can't allow this. I also love the thing when Elvira's dress catches on fire. She does like the old school, almost like vaudeville thing of like, "Ooh, it's a uh, getting awfully hot in here, isn't it?" And there's like smoke coming out from behind her. Yes. <laughs> the next morning, Elvira, Zuzu, and Roxana are leaving. But the carriage is gone due to an emergency. It's Dr. Bradley going to treat people with the plague. And Elvira's like, plague schmeg! What did she say? Like, how rude or something like that? Doesn't anyone Some think people are so selfish. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Elvira sees Adrian outside and follows him into the woods. And she trips and falls into just an empty grave. It wasn't Adrian, it was actually Lord Helzebus. And he helps her out and blames grave robbers. There's a few times in this movie, they get really close, like they say about like, oh, the PG-13 rating, they really skirt it, not even with like the Elvira, like sexy booby stuff, with like, this like horrible, like rotten skeleton, like there's stuff later where there's like blood, some guy gets cut in half, like. I think the skeleton's fine, because I'm thinking, like, Pirates of the Caribbean and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, That kind of stuff was there. But there is a decapitation later. Granted, not the best-looking one, but still a decapitation. Like, I was surprised, like, that one got through. Is it a decapitation, or is he cut in half? Both. Both happen. Oh, yeah. And then the one, at one point, the person's crying blood. I know we'll get there. But when that's happening, I'm like, damn, they're really pushing this PG-13 rating. If you just went a step above and just put a little extra blood in there, we could have gotten boobs. Although she said she'd never do nudity as Elvira. Well, it makes sense. True. Because it's more of a lighthearted, like, kind of character. Yeah. But Lord Hosebus gives her the Allura backstory. They were married, and as soon as she crossed over the threshold in the castle Hosebus, a darkness fell over her, and she was sad and only stayed in bed. And I like, he's like, I tried making her food, and she's declining all the food he brings. I tried to cheer her up, and he's doing like the mime thing and pretending to walk down the stairs next to the bed, and she shakes her head. <laughs> This is just so much fun because it's Richard O'Brien and Cassandra Peterson just, like, chewing the scenery at each other. Because he's, like, hamming it up because you know how he loves to do. Like, I love the smiley face pancakes. Like Greg said, he's doing, like, mime stuff. His face is, like, huge and stuff. You know he's having a great time with this. I'm sure it was probably all improv, too. Yeah. He has a break in sanity, though, after telling the story. Oh, and yeah, she jumped off the tower in the story. I don't know if I said that. But he has a break in sanity and thinks Elvira is Allura, and he goes, I'll send you back to hell! And starts choking her, 
and she gives him a low blow, by God, and snaps him out of it. I love when they get back into the castle, though. Elvira, <laughs> this is fucking gross, but hilarious. Lady Ema and a servant are walking on the steps with a, the chamber pot that looks like a serving dish. Elvira tries it and Mom, goes, Scooby. What'd she say? Like, maybe less Tabasco or something like that. Yeah. Why is there an Elvira eating poop joke in this movie? Why? It's just like, and it's like, you see a little bit of it. Uh, that's another thing in this. There's decapitations. There's people getting cut in half. There's, they're eating feces. Gigi Allen used to get arrested for this at all times. No, this PG-13 movie, it's fine. Why are Dude. you ruining Elvira for me? <laughs> eating Eating poop on accident is a time-honored tradition of this era. Oh. Remember Austin Powers, where he drinks the fat bastard stool sample? Ah, oh, nutty. That's like it's a, a time-honored tradition of this era. I, I don't like. I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. Well, Brett, you don't have to like it, but it was a thing. It's ew. But dinner time, they're all having gruel because everything must be bland due to Lord Helzebus's condition. They must have the softest clothing. They must watch only the finest Hammer movies. And they get on this conversation about hypnotism, and Elvira doesn't believe in it. And Dr. Bradley does a demonstration and hypnotizes her. And she comes out of it like full on Allura. She's like, don't weep for me. Weep for Vladimir. I have come for vengeance. Oh, yeah. It's like 100. It's just like all of a sudden it's like a possession thing is going yeah. on and then like it kind of gets scary for half a minute and then it goes back into like kind of wacky stuff but then like elvira gets possessed by like a soul here and it's very like shouty and scary were you frightened by this movie brett you keep saying how, how scary and gory and everything well, do i need to come over there are you okay <laughs> sounds like brett needs a hug Brett did not do well with this movie. He's grossed out by the poop, the the bodies, the skip. It's a weird movie. It's a weird movie. I'm just trying to think of like being a PG-13 movie, which means you're trying to make this for kids. No, that just means you didn't... For both, I'd say. I don't know. It's tricky. When you do, when you dumb it down for kids, it's a kids movie now. Family movie. They're in the piano area, and Lord Helsebus is morose, according to Dr. Bradley. He's never seen him quite like this, because it's their, him and his wife's anniversary, and he toasts to her and everything, like, happy anniversary, darling. He's just, like, drinking what I'm guessing is brandy out of a big cup, and he's just crying into it. And then all of a sudden, he looks completely lost and looking all over the place, then he's sad again. Here's the thing. If they can only eat the most palate of mash, as we've just learned, how the fuck is this dude drinking whiskey? I've learned not to question these things. <laughs> Fair enough. But Elvira decides, I know it'll cheer him up. There's a piano here, so she's going to perform her show. I think this is probably like when you think of Elvira's Haunted Hills... This is that scene that everyone remembers, like, from this movie, is the yeah. life is like a music hall part. Yeah, her doing her dance number and everything, and then the very end of when she bends over and it says applause on her underwear. Yes. Thinking to recall, life is like a music hall. 
And the song's catchy as fuck. I won't lie. Which it's also it so funny whenever Joe Bob and Darcy showed this movie with Elvira and then Darcy did that and then she auctioned off her underwear and it went for like huge money. Yeah. <laughs> but it looks like it goes well. Everyone's having a great time except for Vladimir has fallen asleep during this performance. Well, that's what you get when you strap two pillows to your head. It's all <laughs> warm and cozy. Oh, he keeps doing like googly wonky eyes, like sticking his tongue out. That night, Vladimir hears a voice calling his name from his bed, and he goes to investigate and sees Allura's ghost, and everyone's out into the hallway again, and he's gone nuts and is yelling at Elvira, another low blow, by God, and snaps him out of it again. That man had a family! But he sees the ring that Allura was wearing when she was buried that Elvira found in her room, and like, she had that all when she was buried, there's only one way to tell. They're going to exhume the body right now. Not in the morning or anything. Come on, everyone. Up, up, up. Let's go dig up a body. Right by God now. It's that classic thing as well I love where, like, as soon as she discovers the ring came off a dead body, she's like, ew, and, like, gives it to someone else. It's like Return of the Vampire. When, like, the grave, remember the funny, like, grave digger, like, found the ring and is like, oh, I found it over there, governor. And it's like, oh, well, that came off the body. You found a ring in a bomb cemetery. Where do you think it came from? Yeah, exactly. It was a step, a step away, though, from like, she was wearing that when she was buried to having the bomb, bomb, bomb music I was waiting for. I kind of was waiting for it as well. For sure. It would not have, like, surprised me. But like I said, they go out and they dig up the coffin right then and there, and it is empty. Oh no! Where'd it go? Such a shock! Such a shock to poor Roxana that she faints and dies on the spot. And at least they don't need a new coffin. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines in the movie. Honestly, is Ema's. Well, at least we don't have to waste the coffin. Very frugal these Helsabuses. Well, that's how they keep their fortune. Yeah, and by eating bland food. They're not, like, ordering takeout or anything. They're just having gruel. Imagine trying to get a DoorDash driver to go up that mountain. Dude, what is gruel, and have either of you two ever tried it? I think it's basically just like a... Almost like a porridge. Just like a... Like a ground stew. But they have a quick service for Roxana and everything and she reaches up because a fly lands on her nose and she reaches up to scratch her nose and Vladimir quickly shuts the coffin. Okay, that's it. Nice service, everybody. Oh, we have to bury her so soon? Elvira's like, yeah, she's not even uh, cold yet. It's like, oh no, we must bury right away. Like, it's tradition. Well, under under extenuating circumstances in this county, sometimes you can just bury people right away. Get that motel hell logic out of here. No, the, do you think these fancy-ass fuckers can handle that awesome Vincent Farmer Vincent Fritters? There's no way. Mm. Too much flavor. Too. And by the way, gruel is a food consisting of some type of cereal, such as ground oats, wheat, rye, or rice, heated and boiled in milk, water, or milk. It is a thinner version of porridge. I don't that like cereal. Terrible. I don't like cereal, so I'm out. Rice is a cereal. I don't really like rice. Shame. 
You're, you're, you're telling me that you hurt your back the other day reaching for something, putting up Halloween decorations, and I'm trying to send you healthy exercises. Eat some rice. No, I'm eating chicken wings and chili, and I'm going to hurt my back again later, probably decorating for more Halloween stuff. I have a ghost pillow behind me right now, supporting my bat, my lower back, because I'm old. Hey! <laughs> my wife rubbed Ben Gay on me earlier. How am I, like, how have I hurt my back less than you in the past month? This is the first time I ever hurt my back. Oh, I remember my first time. But later, Elvira's doing a terrible job sneaking around as she goes to the stable to see Adrian. And she gives him a book as a gift, and she likes books. It's the Kama Sutra. For those who are not aware, is the the Hindu A Thousand Ways to Fuck book. Yes. Um, I love that she, like, tries to, like, sneak out of the castle. And, like, the door's like, and then she's like, and then she gets out the, like, oil can and goes, and now it doesn't make any noise. Yeah. But no, I have not read this book, the Karma Sutra. And she's like, oh, too bad. It's mostly, <laughs> it's mostly a picture book anyway. anyway. But they get it on. And as she's laying there with him, she has a dream of Allura cheating with a man who was decapitated by Vladimir. And then Allura was sealed behind a wall in the dungeon. Oh, this when it, it's so funny when Elvira, Elvira walks out to his like um, blacksmith shed thing, and his shirt's just open. And he has the big hammer, and he's just pounded away at the metal. And she makes some kind of big hammer joke. Yes, but she sneaks the keys away from a sleeping Vladimir, and. As Roxana arises from the coffin unseen by Elvira and follows her to the secret room. It's so great because I love Elvira's taking the um, keys off of Lord Vladimir. And he's doing the like, because he's sleeping, but he's doing like a... Where he's like snorts and he like kind of tosses and turns a little bit. Like maybe he kind of grabs the keys a little bit more. Classic movie stuff. It's like classic stuff. There's just so much classic stuff in this movie it's just like paying homage to every comedy bit there's ever been it's like she knew this was gonna be the last time she's doing an elvira feature movie she goes there she goes down to the dungeon through the no girls allowed keep out danger door and finds zuzu in a cage and is unalarmed pretty much it's just because it's just like oh you're just the help you're just the servant lady who cares I'll, I'll come back for you later. She she treats it like this is, you know, oh, Zuzu's in a cage bound and gagged. I didn't realize it was Thursday already. And then Vladimir shows up behind her and claims he's never been in this room before as Elvira sledgehammers open a wall to find skeleton Allura still hung there and everything. I love the mat, like the skeleton's awesome. It's like has this like forever scream on its face. Now, Brett, I don't mean to alarm you, like, with the skeleton. I'm sorry if this pick was a little frightening. I know these skeletons have been creeping you out throughout this movie. You saying this should be written you, you were aware. Think about this movie was made for children. Now there's it a was rotting children. Yes, it was. It was not was. made for children. It was made PG- for teenagers. Teenagers are not children. Yes, they are. 
No, they're not! They're who Jason hacks up in the woods. Big difference. No, those are teenagers played by people in their 20s and 30s. Still, they're for training teenagers, not children! I'm sorry, I just picked from Brett with this movie. (laughs) Blanket up over his face every time there's a skeleton on. I'm just saying that this movie was made PG-13 for a reason. If it was an R movie, would not be scary whatsoever. Now, a child is watching this movie. They're good. They may be afraid of certain scenes. Not everyone was like Brett from Dimension Z and watched horror movies since they were like six. I don't think you need horror movie conditioning to watch this movie. Like, you you really don't. (laughs) I'm sorry, Brett. We will pick happier movies from here on out for you. I apologize. So so does that mean no more no more movies with spooky scary skeletons for for Brett in it? We're going to be covering <laughs> the it must be terrible for you. We're going to be covering the Halloween Town franchise followed by Nightmare Before Christmas. Um Nope, nope, there's a spooky scary skeleton in that one. Can't oh yeah, that, that one is scary. <laughs> a scary skeleton. <laughs> no, I don't watch that bullshit movie. We, we, we can't do Halloween Town either. The cab driver's a spooky, scary skeleton. He is! Oh, no! And at one point, he gets evil! <laughs> oh, man. We're, we're really going to be reaching for movies in the, <laughs> in the near future because we can't do anything with spooky, scary skeletons anymore. Now that it's been revealed that Brett's super scared of them. We got to get back on. We've been picking on Brett about a skeleton fear for too long. I don't like even remember 20 where we minutes. Are. 20 minutes of this. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so she's down there, she discovers Dedalor and everything, like, sealed behind the wall, and Vladimir goes full-on villain now, she chases him, gets another low blow in, hides as Ema and Dr. Bradley show up, like, all way too cozy with each other all of a sudden, and I love that he's been faking his proper accent the whole time, he got a real Cockney accent now, don't he, Ema? Like, <laughs> And they, they're like, oh, good, you're already here to Vladimir, and they're going to kill him down here. Vladimir takes her out of the torture rack to put her on the pendulum thing. Oh, yeah. Before they, after they come in or before? Oh, but anyway, at some point, Elvira gets put on the pit in the pendulum thing here. Second time this has come up this month. I don't know if this comes out before or after that one, but still, twice this month. And I love that, like, Elvira's like, get me off the, like, stretcher rack thing. And Vladimir starts, like, tightening her again. And then she's like, no, no, the other way. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, force a habit. Then this, it's probably the worst effect in the entire movie of she gets off the stretchy rack and her arms go all goofy and weird. They're like, oh, uh, the arms are all long. It's like how, like, Ash has, like, the super long face for a minute, but that works. This is done by CGI effects from 2001, so they look terrible. Oh, I thought her arms really stretched that long. But what's he think that... He thinks, like, Dr. Bradley's his brother, and Elvira's Allura and everything, and then Ema says, Elvira's Allura, not Ema, and... No, I'm Elvira, not Allura, but then he wants to kill Elvira and everything. He starts the pendulum... Well, Adrian hears the screaming while this is all going on. She 
uses the boobas, just like in Mistress of the Dark, pushes up and cuts the rope, not herself, and frees herself from the pit and pendulum. Once again, Mistress of the Dark was better. I like the yes. boobs breaking through the gate, not the boobs just holding the rope up. And then there's a big fight going on. Roxana comes in and attacks him on he's attacking Elvira, jumps on his back and claws his eyes out. But she gets thrown into the gears of the pit in the pendulum machine, which is way too complicated for something that just needs to swing back and forth. Also, there you get like extreme sound effects with this of like a lot of squishy sound effects. You see her go through the gears and everything. This is also where, like, you're getting, like, all the blood eyes and stuff. You're getting a lot of gore for this child movie. Not a child's movie! <laughs> Vladimir stumbles into the pit and gets chopped in half. And the castle is quaking. Elvira frees Zuzu. And those two and Adrian escape. And Bradley abandons Emma with his newfound Cockney accent, sounding like uh, Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins. You forgot right before uh, Vladimir fell down the pit, he shoved Ema into the uh, to the Iron Maiden. Yes. You take my life, but I'll take yours too. Yeah, yes, he did. You fire musket better than you threw. <laughs> but they take off. They get outside. But Adrian has to go save Ema because it's his half sister. Runs back in while Bradley's stealing the family jewels upstairs. We also. Isn't doesn't Vladimir get pushed onto the pit and the pendulum thing and I, cut in I half said at it. this point? He said it. I said the words. Oh, okay. he said those words. I missed them. Those words have been spoken and recorded. That's another huge thing. Of he gets cut in half, and he's not just he doesn't just kind of stay together. Where like you could be like, well, maybe he's not cut in half. His legs fall. Greg, Greg. Uh, sidebar. Hey, Brett, um, go get distracted for a second, Greg. Um, something's wrong with Brett. I, yeah, <laughs> Brett's all of a sudden traumatized by gore and horror. <laughs> yeah. Um, in children's movie, I think, according to him. I, I, I think Brett's been replaced by a pod person, and we need to... <gasps> but anyway, in the attempt for to steal the family jewels... Dr. Bradley is crushed by the crack in the house that opens and closes on him. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, oh, you're going you're gonna to take my jewelry? That's the house's jewelry. And the house always wins. I will squish you. And then the castle is destroyed with this effect and this music. What does this remind you guys of? It's oh Titanic! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> It's Titanic, everyone, but it's done in a terrible, horrible way because the house just looks bad. Why do, and they why do they call out about like, wow, they must have spent a lot of money on that awesome effect? And they like look at the camera. It's like the house looks terrible. Cause because they knew it was a bad effect. It was funny. No, that one didn't land. That one's just like, no, that effect looks really bad. You should have no, no. done better. Brett, it was irony. Didn't like a little it. bit ironic, like Don't Ray Yane on your wedding day. It's the good advice, Brett, that you just didn't take. And who would have thought it figured? I don't know what's going on. Allura appears over the castle. I like to picture that she's giant because she looks the size of the castle. This like ghost projection where she says "thank you." It's like um, in a 
Monty Python, the Holy Grail, when the King God shows up. He's just like, yeah. she's just that big. <laughs> then they're leaving. They flash another coach to get a ride, and they're talking about where they were and everything. And he says, Castle Helsibus was destroyed a hundred years ago. And then <laughs> Vladimir's the coachman. <laughs> <laughs> He's going nuts. <laughs> Credits on Elvira's Haunted Hills. So they do two extremely cliche things at the very end, which I do enjoy this one where it's like, that castle has been gone for exactly 100 years. And then you get like the mad coachman is the ghost screaming and laughing and having a great time. Yeah, I enjoy both of them too. Even though they're a cliche, they fit. I was cool with it. Yeah. They're, they're fun cliches. All right. <laughs> I guess count of the dead time. Let's get into the Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Now, if you don't know, Brett, that's a vampire. They're kind of spooky things that you're oh, like, I, right there. Th- like a motherfucker does know vampires like me. I'm just saying. Well, that we, might we be a few years out. later we introduce you to vampires once you're over the skeleton fear. I'm telling, for this child's movie, it is awfully scary. <laughs> not a child's movie. Not scary. The Throwing with Horror Gallery, that's where tally up all the deaths in the movie. Where do you guys think we got with Elvira's Haunted Hills? Does anything count? Yeah, I'm, we're ignoring the little line at the end, yes. Um, five? I'll say six. I'll say Brett's strategy has finally paid off for him and we got six. <laughs> yeah! We're just making the intern pick first and me going one above or below. Fuck yes, after years! I've been on like 30-some episodes. Yes. And it's worked this one time. That was Greg's Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. The most epic Count of the Dead there's ever been. <laughs> now we're getting into my ratings from Dimension Z. So, basically, I'll take something from the movie and I'll rate the movie 1 through 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. Now, come over that thing right now. Spooky skeletons. <laughs> Things Brett's scared of. Children. Let's, okay. Let's do things that are appropriate for a children's movie. Why? Because this isn't a children's this is movie. Like- Yes, it is. It's rated PG-13, and it has wacky sound effects. I would have liked this much more in middle school. This is a child's movie. No! (laughs) That is not me saying I don't enjoy it, but it's like if I watched Ernest Scared Stupid today for the very first time, it would not have the nostalgia effect on me. Yeah, I still watch kids' movies today that I've never seen and enjoy them. I watched Elemental the other day. Movie almost made me cry. Yeah. As the only person in this in this chat with kids, kids' movies are fun. But go on about your scary skeletons. I'm going to do what's, what's appropriate for a child's movie. And a number one thing, the least appropriate thing, is decapitations, bodies going through gears and making squishy sound effects, gory like flesh dripping off of them skeletons out of open graves and from behind walls um people cut in half it's blood a number 10 version of something that's 
appropriate for a child's movie. It's, I don't know. It's, it's just like a fun, wacky skeleton that's from like Halloween Town. And his eyebrows move. Aren't, aren't you scared of those two? No, that's a fun skeleton appropriate for a child's movie. I'm just trying to figure out what the new Brett's Afraid of Skeleton rules are. I like skeletons. I'm surrounded by them right now. Brett's like immersion, immersion. It is like everything bat themed because he was afraid of them. Brett's like putting skeletons everywhere to overcome his fears. It's immersion. It's immersion therapy. I'm just always peeing a little bit because I'm so scared. I'm going to give Elvira's Haunted Hills right in the middle a five out of five. It's fun. I feel like I would have enjoyed it much more if I watched it when I was younger and then came back to it. But watching it in your 20s, going into your 30s, it's kind of fun. You have to be in that kind of Pee Wee Herman kind of mood, I would say, for this one. Which I always am. Yes, because I agree. Um, R.I.P. to the king. Yeah, rest in peace, Pee Wee. We miss you. Um... I'm a little higher than Brett. I went six and a half. Um, it's fun. It's 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 a it's zany at points. And and to Brett's point, I probably would let I would probably let my kids watch this movie if they wanted to see it. I just I don't see them asking to watch this particular movie. Yeah, kids in 2023 aren't exactly clamoring to watch Elvira. I understand this point. <laughs> oh, the great Baldwin jokes that she brings back. Yeah. Yes. The can-can, yes, you know, all these oh. classic things kids love today. Kids love vaudeville. Well, you know, my kids love to walk across the room going, Hello, my honey, hello, my baby, hello, my <laughs> ragtime girl. They may like this movie. <laughs> they might. Um, I am a little higher than Brett, a little lower than Corey. I went six scary things that are... What's spooky scary skeletons? Let's just... I went six... Uh, appropriate things for a child's movie. Okay, so I'm going six. You know, a scary skeleton. Um, I I love Mistress of the Dark. I watch that movie quite a bit. You know, I'm a huge Elvira fan in general. The hosting, the movies, everything like that. Um, this is a little lower for me, but as Brett says, it's a Jason movie. I still got to rate it above a pass. Um, I guess kind of like that. Yeah, but I don't actually follow it. But no, I think it's good. It's funny. It just doesn't quite hit where it hit before in the other movies. In the no. other movie. Yeah. The other movies seem to have much more of an edge to it. Of I think, that wasn't that one also PG-13? Yes, it was also a children's movie, according so, to Brett. Where but, they basically drugs, like, love drug all the old people. And is this seat taken and sit on faces? The children's movie. That one feels like a teenager movie, super bad type movie. Another children's movie? Oh, yeah, super bad, the child's movie. Well, that one's rated right. R, so in, oh, I guess in Brettland, that, that's not and, a child's well, movie. I did grow up watching that, though, so. I weep for your lack of childhood. <laughs> I am sorry to have scared you so bad today, Brett, but don't worry. It's just. It's through October. We have more things, maybe a little less frightening for you. Oh, yeah. We're only covering like Saul movies and Friday the 13th and, you know, yes. all these other movies. But yeah, this one got me. Ho hopefully we can power through some more of these picks we have. <laughs> Unless you guys have anything else. Nope. No, that's all I got. 
All right. Well, we're hoping that you're enjoying Throbtober. Like Greg said, if it's Throbtober, we have to cover an Elvira movie, which means we're kind of shit out of luck now because we've covered them all. So are we just going to start covering the host segments like uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure? That's not horror. I, it's more horror than Predator, I guess. There's that large Marge scene that's pretty Dude, scary. I've, I've been nice. Because I love you and I like the movie. But let's not act like there isn't a movie this month that I'm like, whatever. I, I was in a whatever mood, so I'm like, yeah, let's do it. What movie is that, Greg? I'm not going to say it yet because it's not out yet. I want the listeners to be I, surprised. I believe I know what movie you're talking about. There's quite a lot of death and brutality in that movie. So, I don't for, for the kids. talking about. <laughs> but... We hope you're enjoying Throbtober. We hope you're enjoying Halloween. AMC's doing their Fear Fest again. I'm signing up for the app for the one month. Even though I already own all of the movies they're going to show uncut, I just like to have it on the television like all day long. So like you're doing chores, you're running around. There's always horror movies on. So it's worth the oh. five or six bucks or whatever. Mr. Moneybags can't be bothered to put in the DVD. <laughs> no, just, I just want it streaming at all times. Fancy Pants Brett strikes again. Uh, we hope that Elvira's Haunted Hills has left your brain throbbing with horror. This brings to close another episode of Throbbing with Horror. But fret not, friends. Another episode will be coming next week. Same time. Same place. Be sure to check us out on all the social medias. Just look for the Throbbing with Horror Pumpkin wherever you find your quality social media.